welcome. It's glad to be here. I'm Tim Krenning. I'm one of the helpers here at Little Hills Church. Excited to be here and be part of this ministry, this church startup, and opportunity Pastor Tim gives some of us to lead and do things. It's really exciting that I've been to a lot of churches that you have to fit a certain mold to, to do anything at church. It's glad to be part of a church where you could just be part of it and be part of serving others and it doesn't like you'd be, at, be in a certain mold or certain standard to have in your life to serve God. So I'm glad we have that here. So grace, right? And so um, the, um, so I'll save a good introduction and I thought of one when I was watching this trailblazer thing. Isn't that exciting? So I don't know. I, I went to Bible college in the Black Hills of South Dakota. We had these things called blizzards and whiteout storms and things like that, you know. It was really cold. I was from St. Louis. So I wasn't used to cold. So I first went to South Dakota. Some guy goes, you can't be wearing tennis shoes. He got bit by a rattlesnake. He went and bought me some boots. So that was exciting. <laughs> Took my first pair of boots. And another guy bought me a Stetson's cowboy hat. So the college was awesome. So I was, I was a cowboy. But um, in the wintertime, you don't really be prepared. I mean, first things first. I got me some socks that had little batteries in it to keep my feet warm. I mean, snowdrifts. I kid you not, snowdrifts were this high. I kid you not. And we used to jump off the side of buildings. We'd do the snowdrifts, really fun. We'd make big old tunnels and go through the tunnel. Little kids, staff kids go through the tunnels. And you had, to, you had to get yourself prepared first things first. When you got in your car, you had to make sure you had jumper cables, enough gas. You had to make sure you had a blanket, make sure you had some way of, of communication. We had cell phones back then. I just thought about that. That's pretty wild. Think about it. I'm that old. So we had, we had cell phones. We had, we had some way of making sure you're prepared in case you got stuck in the snow. Um, we would uh, pick up the kids from a little Christian school and come back to the college, and we had to have ropes because we had to walk back up the hill. If you got stuck in the bottom of the hill, you had to go back up the hill. Somebody might fall in a drift. And literally, you'll fall in a drift and pull them back up and tie ropes around ourselves, walk back up the hill to the campus. So have your help self prepared. First things first. And so tonight we're going to look at first things first. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, the Bible says, um, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you'll drink or about your body. What will you put on? Is life more than food? Is not the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the air. They neither sow nor they reap nor they gather the barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you being anxious can add a single hour to the span of life. And why are you so anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, neither do they toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Sansom in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is today alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much not more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, be not anxious, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that what you have need of, of them all. But seek ye first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And therefore, be not anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself, significant for the day is it its own trouble." So we, we look here tonight, we look back at a chapter as we've been going through the Sermon on the Mount, and look back here, we, first, I'm going to look at verse number 33, it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these things shall be unto you. There's some things first we need to do. The first thing we need to do is really we need to first seek God's kingdom. And some things we shouldn't seek 
of some things we looked at before the past couple weeks as passages. We shouldn't seek mankind. And um, in chapter 6 and verse 1, we find out that um, the Bible says, take, take heed that you do not your arms before men to be seen of them otherwise if the reward is in heaven. So don't be like these guys, these Pharisees that go into the streets and they blow their trumpets. They say, look at me. Look how spiritual I am. I have a shirt and tie on. My wife has a dress down to her knees and a bun in her hair. Look how holy we are. Look at us. Look at me. Look at me. When I went to Bible college, I was a maintenance man. I had to pay my way to school. My mommy and dad paid my way. I'm sorry. But I had to pay my way to school. So I did maintenance in between classes. And one day, I decided, hey, I have 35, 45 minutes between class. I'm going to change light bulbs while I'm to class. So I would take my necktie off and change light bulbs real quick. I got in trouble for not wearing my necktie at school. But whatever. So I just got me a sweater and zipped it up, cut my necktie up. So, um, so yeah, we won't go there anymore. But, to say that, but don't, don't be like mankind. Look, I'm spiritual because I'm, I'm holy because I'm, don't be like those kind of people. Look at me, look at me. Don't seek self-man pleasure. Don't seek to be pleasing others. Don't do things for other people's approval. Don't do things because you want people patch in the back. Oh, look at little Tim. He's such a good guy. Don't do things like that. Don't, and also we said, don't, 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 look, don't seek mankind for approval. Then the next chapter, we see, don't seek man in for approval. Well, Jim preached that last week. He preached about how you know, people want houses and lands and all this wealth and all this money and prosperity and, and all this greatness and all this, this success in life. And don't seek man in don't seek the things of this world. They're going to they're gonna fade away. They're going to die. They're going to be gone. <clears throat> don't, don't seek those things. And what I'm going to look at tonight, I look up, looked at clothes. Don't th- seek material things. Don't worry about your Nike, your Gucci, did I say it, your Gucci bag? I'm sitting right here, Gucci bag. I don't know. Gucci bag, your, your Nike tennis shoes. I don't know. Don't, don't, don't seek those, those, those things in life. Those are... Things are not important. Those are the things we really should be seeking in our life. And those things cause misery and worry anyway. Because you're so worried about looking too cool. You're so worried about being accepted by people. Be yourself. Be the mold that God has put you into. Be the mold that God has called you to be. Be, be the mold, the jello. You know, when you make jello, I mean, you can make all kinds of shapes of jello. You can make the alphabets in jello. You can make all kinds of cool things in jello. But be the jello God wants you to be. I mean, God wants you to be a flabby jello, be a flabby jello. If God wants you to be a green jello, be a green jello. Be the mold that God wants you to be. Your life won't be worried, and you won't be all depressed and all sad and all miserable in your life. Be what God wants you to be. And all you got to do is please God. Who cares about else thinks? I know, I, I'm not there yet, but I'm trying to get there myself. But, so <clears throat> don't seek mankind first. Don't seek the world's money. Don't seek the world's pleasure the world's things but seek ye first the kingdom of god seek god's kingdom and so we we need to be people seeking god's kingdom a lot of people in life they um seek god's kingdom well first let's say god's kingdom god's kingdom is in matthew 4 17 jesus went about preaching and saying repent for the kingdom of god is at hand repent john the baptist said repent for God's kingdom is at hand. We find that God's kingdom is everlasting. It's a kingdom that lasts forever and ever. And this is Christ's reign. Christ is, this is Christ's kingdom. 
When you, get, when you got saved, you became born again. You became part of Christ's kingdom. You know, I, sometimes I preach, you know, we want to pledge allegiance to the flag of America. But there's a different flag that I want to pledge my life to. And that's the flag of the cross, the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is my banner. That's my flag I want. I can be in any country in the world, and I, I can be a Christian. I can be in China, hiding, the, hiding in communist in China, and be a Christian. But I can be here in America and be a Christian, too. I mean, any country in the world be a Christian. That's the flag. That's the banner I'll put my life under. And so, seek ye first the kingdom of God, God's kingdom. A lot of people um, are not really, seek God, seek, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Those are things going to seek God's kingdom and his righteousness. A lot of people are seeking the kingdom, but they're not seeking his righteousness. A lot of people want to be part of God's blessings. They want, they want, they want all the, the great things that supposedly Christianity gives you. They want all these blessings, all these great things, and, and, and be, be part of something great. And this great movement of, of the gospel, they're not seeking God's righteousness. They want fire insurance, let's say. They want to get saved, their life to Christ, but live however they want to. They don't want, they don't want the sacrifice. They want the righteous Christ. They just want the, the blessings of, of God. So... Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Well, there's two parts of righteousness we can seek. The first part of righteousness we need to seek is God's salvation. He has, he has um, imputed to us his righteousness, hasn't he? He, he? we died on the cross for our sins. We, we now can we accept Christ. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Christ died a price for our sins. He paid our price for us on the cross, didn't he? He died and very rose again. And because, of our, because we're so sinful, there's none righteous, no, not one. We're all sinners and short of the glory of God. Even our righteousness has filthy rags. We're all sinners before God. We have a sinful nature. We are condemned. John says we're condemned already. We're just condemned because we're born of, of, of a bloodline from our fathers called sin. And we have that blood in our life because we're all sinners. We're all guilty before God. I don't care. If Mother Teresa lived a great life, didn't she? She went probably many to the Lord. She served God. Billy Graham did great things. But Billy Graham and Mother Teresa never trusted Christ as their Savior. I'm sorry, did all the great things. But they're going to not spend eternity in heaven. probably going to be in hell. So we, we really need to make sure that our life, that it's not, for by grace you're saved through faith and not, not yourselves. It's a gift of God, not a works that any man should boast. So our salvation is not based upon our works. It's based upon the grace that God has given to us by accepting our Savior. We must first make sure we put on the righteousness of Christ, that pure righteousness of Christ. We must make sure we are this righteous also to us believers of Christ. We must realize we're sanctified, that we are set apart to a holy life for him. In 2 Timothy 1.9, it says, um, you find August. You put it in there. Second Timothy one nine says, "Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began." So we must live this sanctified life, this life that's separated from the world. When the world looks at us, we're the only Bible that some people might ever read. And so we need to seek God's first, kingdom first. We must find, as it says in Matthew six six here, as we talked about going to the closet and praying and having time alone with God. We must make sure our life is sanctified. We're seeking God's kingdom.
How do we seek God's kingdom? We see here on These are two you didn't put in there, right? So we verse some. Um, we look up here, it talks about going to the closet, reading our, our Bibles. It talks about um, chapter, s- verse 21. Let go back to Matthew, so I can't find it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. All right. No. Yes. But where your treasure is, your heart will be also. So we see that the, the first thing we see is that we're our treasure hearts. We need to keep our hearts pure by reading God's word and worship, by keeping God's word that keeps our hearts pure. Psalms one nineteen eleven says, "Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee." We need to keep our heart pure. And verse twenty two talks about keeping keeping our eyes the light of the eyes, and we need to keep our eyes our focus clear. Um, we need to keep our focus, our goals clear, and our eyes clear as we um, get God's word and, and, and asking God for the will for His life. A second thing to do is we need to pray. We need to get in the prayer closet of our life and pray. Philippians 4, 6 through 8 says, um, Be careful for nothing but in everything through prayer and supplication make your requests known unto God. A lot of people that become so worried in their life. I know of people who, um, I know a woman in my life, and I'll leave my life right now, who's um, just keeps herself sheltered at home. She's too afraid to go outside and do anything. Seriously, too afraid. You go to her house, you still have to wear a mask still. You still have to where they're very careful. Everything's just so scared, so worried about everything. I mean, there's a mass murder in every street corner to this person. So afraid of everything. So afraid the kids go to school. So afraid of life. So worried and so worried. Be, we don't, God doesn't want us to be worried like that. that. Worry like that's a sin. Worry like holds you down. And we want to just trust in God with everything in our lives. So how we seek you first, the kingdom of God is righteousness. We read our Bibles. We pray. And we do everything. Also, we do everything to keep Jesus on our mind. Colossians 3.17. You got that on there? Okay, cool. And what shall we do? Do in word, do everything in the name of the Lord, Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father, through him. So what we do in our life, we do it according to God. So if we go to school, we go to school. For good God, I'm doing this for your will. Here's another thing. I'm, I'm going to throw this out there. But you know what? God, I'm going to um, go out and get drunk tonight. If you can do that to the glory of God, you go right ahead. I don't think you can. God, I'm going to go out and I'm going to look at stuff on my phone I should be looking at. Whatever you do, you got to make sure you do to the glory of God. I'll make you want you to live your life right, won't it? So keep Christ in your mind. Keep him. That I'm, everything I do in my life, I'm going to be glorifying God. Um, be diligent at work. Try to be the best worker at work. Be hard at work. Do, do the best you can at work. Also, we really do the will of God for those special moments in our life. Um, like who we're going to marry. Very special moment in your life, right? And we make sure that, that, you know, I wish that someone to marry counsel me a little better because my life been a lot easier. Me and my wife agreed on this. That our, the, my, our marriage counselor guy is a really horrible pastor. And I hope he's listening to me tonight because I love him to know that. He's a really horrible marriage counseling guy. He, he, there's things, there's questions we should have asked each other. And we've made our marriage a lot better. Like, hey, I want to be in the ministry full time. Hey, she doesn't want to be in the ministry. She doesn't know what the ministry is about. There's some things we should have um, worked together before we got married. We made our life a lot easier. I'm glad we have drawn the Lord when I we're away from that now. So um, marriage, uh, what kind of job is your career? Is your career going to help you fill the gospel of Jesus Christ? Your, is your career, your job going to further the gospel of Christ? Are you going to take this job because it's going to bring you more money? Or is this job going to bring you closer to God? Or, or this decision you're making, is it going to bring you closer to God? Or is it going to make you be more close to those material things that God said we don't need in our life that we shouldn't be seeking? 
um, close with this. Nothing will come together until we come together with Christ. Nothing in life will ever come together. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be unto you. So when we seek God's kingdom, his righteousness, then you know what? we don't have to worry about. God said, I'll take care of your clothes. I'll take care of your electric bill. I'll take care of those things for you. I, so seek God's will first and his righteousness, and all those other things will be added to our lives. So nothing will ever come together until we come together with Christ first in our lives. Bring us to our community time. I know through on the floor tonight. That's good. That's good. We're good. So we have a, tonight as we take our communion, we'll, um, you know, sometimes we come to communion time, we, we want to repent of our sins and things like that, but also communion time can be a good time too. We can remember that what Christ did for us on the cross. And the next side, he rose the third day to give us life, give us life more abundantly. We should really be, instead of being more of a time of weeping, we should be a time rejoicing too as Christian people, like all the benefits that Christ has given to his people. And so tonight, let's remember what Christ did for us on the cross. You know, our lives should have been broken because of our sin. But Jesus loved us so much, he took on the agony for us. And we deserve to die on the cross. We're the ones who are guilty, not him. He was innocent. He was pure and innocent. We were the ones guilty. And also his blood he shed for us, the blood that cleanses from all sins. The word all means all. That's all it all means. Our past, our present, and future sins. Is that exciting? It doesn't mean I'm going to go and sin tomorrow because God paid for that, but... And if I do sin, I know his blood's already covered me. And so on, um, that's exciting. I know a pastor one time told me, how can he die for your future sins already? I said, well, because the word all means all. I don't know. Well, how do you explain that word to me? But I guess he couldn't explain it to me either. So, um, so let's partake tonight together. Remember what God's done for us on the cross. Take our bread, body that he's broken for us. Let's break and partake. And let's drink together his blood he shed for us. We thank you, Father, for that, God, we have the promise of your word, Lord, that you loved us so much, that you gave your life for us on the cross, Lord. You died, you buried, and rose again. Lord, help us, Lord, to always be seeking you first in our lives, and, and God, keep you first in our hearts and our minds. And Father, help us not to look like Lot looked long upon um, Solomon and Gomorrah. Lord, help us look towards, Lord, towards you in our lives. You know the field might... Like Abraham didn't see all the, the blessings of Solomon and Gomorrah. He saw the empty desert. Lord, help us be like Abraham, this follow your will in our lives, Lord. And that's in Jesus' name. Amen.